0: Hello and welcome to the Low Tox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 149. Today I invite back Anne Foster. You might remember before Christmas we had a show on textiles with Anne. Anne is the founder of Elkie and Ark, Uh pretty much one of the most sustainable textiles businesses I've ever come across, actually. And today she's here with her consulting hat on. She has helped uh, through a career as a private equity manager, an investment banker, and an environmental scientist, uh, helping some of the biggest global organisations and corporations with their supply chains, with their carbon emissions, etc., she has taken everything that she has learnt through that into her own business, Elkie and Ark, which are, by the way, the most beautiful sheets uh, ever. They're so lovely. All uh, 100% fair trade organic cotton, got certified, the highest certification that exists. And uh, she's really sort of showing us that it can be done whether you're a small business, a big business. And today we're talking about what we can do as individuals in the face of the climate crisis. Some of the simple things and some of the surprising things that really move the needle on reducing carbon emissions and drawing down carbon. We talk about the project Drawdown and you have that website in the show notes today. It is fascinating Work, for example, we worry so much about what food is on our plate, but often uh, but actually, if you look at the statistics, food waste trumps what is on our plate by more than ten times when it comes to emissions. So there's some really interesting stuff that we talk about today um, and some some things that you might not have expected. So I hope you enjoy that, and I want to remind you as well that we have Biome as the sponsor. Founded by Tracy Bailey in 2003, it is Australia's leading zero-waste ethical eco-store and they have the strictest ingredient standards, especially around palm oil, uh, which is fantastic because it is very hard to find uh the the box ticked both low tox and palm oil free still in today's day and age Uh, so it's wonderful to have that reassurance now of course there are a couple of people doing palm oil right of course my beloved dr bronner is one of them and we've done two shows on that um, to create utmost transparency for you guys but what biome focus on is also just uh, enabling people to make a lot of their own products through the largest DIY skin, hair, body care and cleaning product ingredient selection that I've ever come across. Uh, And then, of course, all the other things that you might hope and wish for in the near future, whether it's a water filter some uh, beautiful fashion, some, I don't know, there's so many things on the website. I want you to go have a little dig around. It's vast. New lunch boxes for the kids in stainless steel or glass it's a huge, huge selection. So head over to Biome, use the, to- the code LOTOX19 and that'll give you 15% off, not including shipping, of course, or things that are already on sale, but that's a fantastic inroads into being able to trade up on a few items over the month. So enjoy that offer and enjoy my chat with Anne Foster about the climate crisis and what we can do. Hello, Anne, how are you? Hi Alex, good, great to speak to you. It's so good to have you back on the show. Last time we were talking all about textiles yep. and uh, your beautiful brand, obviously, that's the most heralded got certified brand in Australia for textiles. Uh, well done. That's Elkian Arc. Um, honestly, some of the most beautiful sheets you will ever sleep on. Uh, but tonight we are picking a much bigger part of your brain, which mm. is really the um, body of work that you have done over the past more than a decade now Mm -hmm. in the field of uh, sort of, I mean, really environmental science as a wider topic, but some pretty cool specialisations within that. And when I said to you that I was going to Al Gore's climate reality training, you said, hey, you know, I think we should do our second show because we always wanted to do another one We could barely shut ourselves up the last time we caught up, (laughs) and um, uh, and you said I think people just need a lot more hope and practical tools uh, Mm. with this whole climate crisis thing that a lot of people are really worried about. We're starting to see some seriously heavy doomsday style articles of 2050 uh, all over the place, and you know that that can that can put us in a position of fear, can't it? But to the point of paralysis instead of action. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to this chat tonight because that is not how we are going to leave people thinking at the end of it. Um, but to just start, I would love for you to share with people how you decided to go into environmental science and study mm-hmm. it and um, and then a little bit about how you found yourself specialising over the years.
1: Yeah, um, I think to be honest it 's one of those little you know how sometimes you have a little flicker of something in your youth, and I honestly think I read some book it was It was a fantasy book, but it was it had wind palms in it it had this like utopian world with with wind farms and things and I, I, to this day I wish I could find that book but i can 't find it but anyway, I think that set off a little uh, a little spark at a young age but but effectively I think I was I was meant to be a lawyer um at one point and a diplomat and um <laughs> that's where I was headed and I am one of those people who just I like business and I like the way that business has the capability to change things in a way that that gets away from red tape I mean in sort of in in a political sense mm. um it's it sort of you know it, it really um people can can build things on their own people have a, a lot of empowerment through business education and business, they're two things that um, I think is, is a massive force for change when done the right way. Um, so I ended up doing environmental science. Um, simply it was just something that you know I absolutely loved and, and wanted to um you know wanted to move into um so sort of studied that and and I think I, I spent um you know a good amount of my years after that living in, in sort of countries um where the you know environmental impact was probably a bit more obvious than it is um so particularly in Southeast Asia um you know it's a lot more obvious to see the impact that that you know even for the climate is having the pollution is having that toxicity is having um when you're much closer to the environment when you're living in um, in regions that don't have the disposal systems and the, you know, the cities that that we have, um, I spent my, I, I sort of went on and became a an investment banker. Really, to
0: see. There's a career pivot.
1: i really to see how <laughs> the, <a> big business worked. I knew I I wanted to change things. I'm like, you can't change things by not pretending that the big companies aren't out there. In fact, the best thing you can do is learn how they work from the inside out and go from there. Um, So I did that and then I I just knew I wanted to be solely focused on um, climate, clean energy, the environment um, and... uh, that was it. That was that. You know, that was where I took my career. Um, decided to, to solely focus on that. On the way, I was. I was lucky. I got a. You know, got to spend a while advising. Um, you know, BHP Billiton on their sort of climate, um, climate impact, climate strategy, their emissions, um, sort of forecasting that type of thing. That was really interesting. Got to work with companies like Shell. That you know, and this was years ago, um, and they were already talking about their their big transition away from. Um, you know, away from fossil fuels and, and to renewables, and this was. Gosh, this is many years ago. Um, You know, so it's it's really interesting seeing a lot of the big companies even then already on the path um, to really fighting, you know, for for some form of of change. Now, um, who knows what their motivation was? It doesn't really matter. I'm always of that view that, you know, change is change. (laughs) Mm. If it's for financial gain, then you know what? It's still change. Um, and, and that's a big driver of, of what's changing the world today anyway. So it's, it's definitely not something to fight. Um, and then, um, yeah, then I've been lucky that that since then I've been able to, to focus both my career and, you know, while maternity leave, kind of, you know, other things that I've set up um, entirely on solving problems that I see. I don't, you know, I sort of could see that um, the way that we are using um, energy in particular, to me, it was just something that never made sense. It never made sense that we were digging coal out of the ground or oil out of the ground um, through this massive effort. I did spent a a fair while working with oil companies and seeing that we had to go deeper and deeper and deeper into the oceans to find it, the the, the cost that people were going to and are going to today um, to to get oil um, is is phenomenal and the structures that that are put in place to do so.
0: The subsidies as well, it's astronomical.
1: The subsidies are are insane. Um, that go into it. Um, yeah, absolutely correct. That's something that a lot of a lot of people miss um, when they're talking about subsidies with with clean energies. They forget that there's a lot of subsidies going around the world for uh, you know for um, not and it's not just subsidies. Um, the other interesting thing is the the cost that we put into protecting our oil. Um, assets. So whether that's, you know, st- uh, the, the US being stationed in certain parts of the world in order to protect channels and, and um, uh, paths for boats to, for ships to be able to go through. There's, you know, it, it's not just a subsidy. There's there's an incredible military and sort of other costs that, that goes along um, with protecting access to oil as well. Um, you know, that that takes it into the, um, I think the figure is into the trillions. Um, wow. From, you know, yeah, it's it's quite insane actually. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, for me, it was from a more practical level, I was like, the sun's just up there shining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we could all just look up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems a little bit
1: easier to me, um, you know. And like, the solar technology has been around since, gosh, the fifties, the sixties. Like, it's not a new technology; it's just one that's been getting better and better and better over time. Um, you know, in the same with wind power and you know windmills, we've had them for a long time. Nothing's new. It's just a, it's just a real way of, of harnessing it in a much more efficient way than we ever have before. Um, so, so yeah, that was that was really how I got into it. I'm just one of those people who um you know whether it's an environmental issue whether it's an ethical issue um i i like the power that business has to change things and that's always been my focus um Mm. is to say let's let's help big big business change. let's let's help small business change um but let's run business in in a very different way and i think what we're seeing currently in the world is that historically we've had this focus on um annual returns to businesses as, Mm -hmm. as, you know, your your duty as a business is to return annually to shareholders, I mean, particularly for a listed business.
0: Well, it's the metric of success, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, Mm. that's right. Um, And now what we're really seeing is this this, um, more inclusive definition of what is my duty as a CEO, what is my duty as anyone in a business or as a director or anything else? And that duty is to create value. But that value isn't just for today. That value should be for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the track. And if you're ignoring the fact that you might not have water or might not um, have, you know, that your city might be underwater or that you may not have fresh water to, to, you know, use for your beauty products or whatever it is, you're ignoring the long-term value of your business. Um, And I think that's that's really coming to to people's attention now um, and to businesses attention um, i think there've been estimates that um, up to 50 or there are some estimates out there basically saying that up to 50 percent of some businesses value um, could be wiped out by not adhering to environmental and to social issues and not not thinking ahead and saying like right, we're going to try and deal with um, issues in, in human trafficking. We're going to try and deal with with water access, um, and we're going to try and deal with with what we're doing to the climate. Um, it is, and so you know, it's 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 a big issue. And and now we're looking far beyond the year, and um, everyone has to start saying, right, we've got to we've got to build things that are, are going to be valuable in twenty years, in ten years' time, um, not just not just for this year. So. Um, I'm, you know, it's it's a really exciting shift that's that's going on um, in you know in the business world currently. Um, and then, even more than that, it's a really exciting shift that's going on with with every you know with with people, um, everyday people, the people who build those businesses, um, and the people who you know build the world that um, you know that, that operates um, around them. And that's that's what I'm really excited about now. Is um, you know, after having been in this industry for ten. Or years a long time, um, you know. Suddenly seeing, um, you know, it's not just not just I don't know BMW that's excited about it, but it's everyday people who are sitting there saying, "Hey, I'm I don't like this. I don't want this to continue. I, I want something to change." Um, and for me, it's a case of every time I hear that, I'm like. You know you can. And that's that's the biggest thing for me as I hear I, I hear people getting to this point where they're stuck and they're like, Oh, I want to do something to help climb and I want I don't want my kids to inherit the mess that we've made. Um, I want to change something. But beyond voting, um, I don't know what to do.
0: That's,
1: that's where I see a lot of people getting stuck.
0: It's so true, isn't it? And I, f- I feel like uh, a place that a lot of people get stuck and I'm always, you know, we have a large community now and as the Sherpa of that community, yeah. I'm always thinking, okay, what's the next step for the people who have been at this for a while? Because, mm. sure, we're always going to get people who are for the very first day starting to ask questions, which is mm. awesome. Shout out if that's you listening today. I uh, hope you're not too terrified. Please don't be. Stick around. Um, But the people who've been at it for a while, who've gathered all their information, who've made so many daily habit changes Mm. are still constantly looking for their next big stage of growth in this journey um, in terms of personal growth and contribution to Uh, the world around us so to the people who let's let's have uh, I'd love to see how you'll answer this one people who have their keep cup they've got their metallic straw they've got their produce bags they've changed their personal care their cleaning products they're eating as much organic food as possible and when it's not at least they're focusing on fresh produce as the majority of their diet all of the good things have happened in their shopping basket Yep. where to next for us to yep. feel empowered?
1: Yeah. So um, I think was McKinsey did a really, um, I thought it was an incredibly interesting study where they looked at how much as, as people can we impact when it comes to climate. And they ended up coming to a figure which is 60% of emissions can be uh, about 35% directly are part of everyday people and the decisions we make in our home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's about, it's, it's incredible, right? Like we, we always think, oh, it's a government. And yes, government plays a massive role. And the more government can do, the better. But um, that shouldn't mean, you know, we we should feel any less empowered because, you know, seeing them, looking at that, so 35% of emissions they estimated can be something that we can um that we can 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 you know can influence, and that's by changing the type of cars we drive, um, changing the, the the energy plans in our homes, changing the the electricity, sorry, of the uh, the air conditioning, or the, the way we build our homes. Um, and then they found another 25%, which they didn't class as direct influence. I I think you would all, you and I would class directing influence, but that's in our consumption choices mm-hmm. what we choose to eat how we choose to eat where we choose to buy from those kinds of things so added together it gets just so they were basically saying that 60 percent is effectively um directly or almost directly under the control of normal people mm-hmm. and you know collectively if we change a lot of our habits um that's that's the massive thing they even put a, a, a number to it and they said and it would cost <laughs> it was usd 250 per household to um, bring... To in,
0: reduce so emissions it was,
1: by 60%. It was, oh, no, it was Aussie. Sorry, no, it was Aussie. It was Aussie dollars. This was so sort of the Aussie one. It was basically saying to reduce emissions to 30% below 1990 um, figures.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it would cost every household um,
0: about 250 Aussie dollars to do wow. it. Wow. Yeah. I want to see that as a government subsidy. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> that
1: is <laughs> cheap as chips yeah so it's next to nothing and they even compared they said you know and, and the average household would have a, an income of about twenty thousand dollars over that same period of time you know, to get us to, to 2030 or whatever so it's you know it's a very small number um mm. you know for, for a lot of us not for all of us but for, for you know for, for many people over over 10 years it's a you know it's a relatively small um, number and one that that isn't um, it's not that scary
0: no you know, it's, it's not. Yeah. And did the did the study share anything about because I think a huge part of this is that we don't just play replace um unsustainable non-regenerative consumerism
1: yeah.
0: with green consumerism and like have 50 billion different keep cups in five different colors and yep. you know and then just keep buying things because they're new like i see yep. people get all excited about another kickstarter campaign with another different type of lunchbox and i'm like yep. do we not it's have like enough lunch boxes yeah. I, I get it if someone's just making the swaps of course <laughs> this is never and you know maybe you've had another child and therefore you want to give a different one a, a, a go it's not a judgment thing of, yep. of where people are at in their lives but It'd be interesting to get your thoughts on how we actually break some of these habits of feeling like we need to keep buying stuff because I think that's a huge part of this as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And what you know, what was what was interesting was that one of so so when we break it down, we say okay, so what are the biggest impacts that we can have? Um, The one that's up there, interestingly, um, now now even a non. Non-animal diet, I know, is the one that is most publicly talked about. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting, that's not the one with the... It's a brilliant impact, but it's not one of the biggest impact. The biggest impact is really to um, change the air conditioning fluids um, that we have in our cars, of all things, and in our houses. Wow. Okay. um, And that's, you know, and, and which isn't something you know a car hopefully for most of us isn't something we buy particularly often um but it is one of those things that when we when we next decide okay i want to buy a car i'm going to buy an air conditioner um for for those people who have cars and and congratulations to all people who don't mm. <laughs> because that's, that's even more amazing but
0: i still haven't um, figured out how to do that one um i can't figure that one out
1: or how to buy it how to how
0: to not have a car ah you need to move cities Uh, Yes, Uh, Sydney is not a good town (laughs) for not having a car. If you just, you know, if you have a child that's interested in a few different sports and like you would literally logistically see and then this then brings the bigger philosophical conversation of we have engineered a life that is unsustainable in itself and I get that. So I am putting my hand up to say yes, I've realised that about myself.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's a hard one, and hmm. um, to people who do have do not have a car in, in Sydney, think, well, my cousin doesn't. She's got she's got a kid, and she does not have a car in Sydney. And it's it's you know I find it just incredible. She doesn't use a go get car type thing every so often, mm-hmm. which is, is I think the way that a lot of us are headed. I think in particular the two car um, family is is on decline as um, as things like Uber. But then you know as we move on towards self driving cars and all the other things that are you mm, you know,
0: coming, pretty exciting um, stuff coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, that brings a lot of hope um, for really for, you know, the reduction in, in sort of two, two um, car families and, and bring it down to one. But, you know, for people who do um, do need a car in some cities, you know, in London it's very easy, it's very
0: hard to live with a car. It's much oh, I know. In Paris, for example, yeah. where my family's, a lot of my family lives, I just, I mean, being in a car just feels weird because yeah. you just get anywhere so easily.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. most, most Australian cities are not um, quite built that well. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're, we're improving some public transport in Sydney, but um, they're not necessarily designed. So, you know, so, so chances are most people will have a car so you know choosing that type of car um as one that you know one day um is an ev is an electric vehicle um and and prior to that when we're you know looking at the types of um conditioning fluids that we have in our car now most cars these days uh i think europe even outlawed um the uh you know the the higher climate um the sort of higher emitting
0: um fluids uh, right right is there an easy way for us to find that out about a model we might be considering
1: you know what? To be honest, I don't know if there is. I'm not a, I'm not a, a car expert. I do mm-hmm. think it is something um, that at this point in time, I think you would find very few cars. Um, it's the old type, exactly. It's very okay. much the old type, and it's, it's one of those things where, when we're looking at what impact we have, it's. I think it's going to be quite a passive impact for a lot of people. I don't even think it's intentional. Um, mm. It will just be when you do buy your next car and don't rush out and get one for the sake of it, obviously. But you, <laughs> <get one. laughs> do
0: you know, I'm actually considering a new car at the moment because we have a 12-year-old car and I cannot handle the fuel efficiency, the the whole climate piece on having an older car, which I had been keeping for yeah. years because I didn't want to get another car because yeah, I didn't yeah. want to, yeah. to, to electric funding an industry that's yeah. redundant. Like it's, it's definitely going to be on its way out in the next 50 are, years.
1: Are you going to go electric?
0: Uh, well, I can't afford it. Like that's the, yeah. the reality yeah. is yep. that... Yep. You're looking yep. at upwards of 45, 50 grand, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. just not in the household budget right now.
1: Yeah. And um, they, they are going to. I mean, we're just holding out. We're sitting there saying we're just not going to buy another car till it can be um, an EV. And I think, you know, there are so many companies working on it right now. Particularly, I know you know Tesla's obviously the the big mm. um, sort of headline, um, very sexy one. But um, in particular. Um, uh, you know, sort of the Japanese and um, and Korean.
0: Um, I'd get a Hyundai Kona out, like, yeah. tomorrow if I could. Yeah, it's so yeah, cute. Yeah, yeah um, they're,
1: they're doing they're doing brilliant things. And I think that will really, yeah. that, that competition will really bring bring the pricing down, as well as that um, NRMA have been working on rolling out charging stations. Um, yeah, I've, I've well.
0: seen that. That's great, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, I feel like... It, it It is that situation where it sucks to be a pioneer. There will be a few thousand fantastic souls out there who will have the budget, who will kickstart the EV industry and start to create an economy of scale so that the rest of us can get one, which would be great. Shout out to you guys who've got one already. Yeah. Um, and my transition, because we do a lot of visiting um, down in the Southern Highlands and Um, as I was talking about my highly unsustainable extracurricular loving child. (laughs) So I have to drive him all around Sydney. Um, And so I'm going to register it for Car Next Door so that people in my neighbourhood can share my car and that way at least it's my, you know, because often we have an interim decision that we can make it's yep. still edging us forward towards yeah, a new yeah. style of economy and I feel like, okay, that's going to be it for me. I'll get the very good fuel-efficient car yeah. and share it with the neighbourhood and see what happens.
1: That's amazing. Mm. I didn't, I didn't realise that was how, um, how it worked. I thought it was just a car sharing. I didn't realise you could register your own car to do it. That's brilliant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So car next door is your car becomes offered up on your local grid and people can book your car and they set you up with a keyless entry and codes and all sorts of things and you basically get paid to... Have your car shared with your neighbourhood.
1: That's such a great idea. No, I yeah. know, it's not like a go-get, which is just a you know, so you share a car, but you share a car that's owned by by the company. That's that's amazing. There you go. Mm,
0: I know. Uh, so there's lots fun. of things popping up, <laughs> and you know, that was purely because I was just torturing myself with this impending decision to at least have a fuel efficient. New newer gen aircon type of yeah. car, and um, and then I just still didn't feel comfortable. So I'm like, what else can I do? There must be something yeah. I can do, uh, yeah. and that's the thing. And then you know, my next thing on top of that was to then start working out the carbon, the carbon credits I would need to pay to a beautiful carbon. Um, uh, sequestering, you mm. know, uh, NGO of sorts around the world. Yeah. Someone doing incredible work in that area, yeah. and then offset my car when I do use yeah. it. So there are things we can do while we're still in limbo between yeah. these two worlds, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, mm. I think that's. I think that's. I think that's brilliant. One of one of the things um, that. Is really important is that we we all look to and firstly carbon sequestration is is great like it is a good thing but also the number of um, particularly uh, companies or countries that are saying oh we're going to do this and we're going to offset it mm is, there's not enough offsetting in the world
0: to offset yeah, offset
1: that people yeah
0: totally to it's such and a that, good point
1: it's, it's a massive problem right now because you know there's there's so much offsetting and people have done the maths on it and it's like we we can't offset that like mm. you can't offset that much mm. um so i think you know people are looking at that um sort of directly funding big Reforestation programs, particularly tropical rainforests and things, yeah, are one of exactly. the biggest ways to, um, you know, to to uh, you know to sequester. Um, but um, yeah, it shouldn't be, it should not be, uh, particularly for businesses, it should not be the strategy. We no, will, we will do this and then we'll say sorry later. <laughs> exactly,
0: <laughs> it's like a soft drink company having a social responsibility arm that does diabetes education. Oh, it's a band aid, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we just have to be real about this stuff yeah, because the yeah, sooner we're real, yeah. you know, sometimes it's a hard truth, but it helps us get to solutions faster.
1: Yeah, yeah, and real solutions, um, mm. which, you know, which is important. Um, but i just just sort of going so, so on the... So, sorry,
0: air conditioning. I, I'm bringing us back to air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about the car one and if you're getting yep. a new car, it yep. tends to be that new form anyway, yep. so that's a great yep. big win. Yep. And What about same, home air conditioning?
1: The same should be happening with your, your home air con because it was, again, Europe that led the way and started getting rid of um, a lot of these... Um, uh you know sort of higher emitting um sort of chemicals in in the air conditioners and they they Started to phase that out a while ago, um, so you should find that most new ones. But it, it's worth just just something just do a little bit of research for anyone who's buying one. Do a little bit of research into it, look into it, um, and you know, and, and just try and, and and choose one if you are going you know, to you know install air conditioning at all. Um, a lot of Australian homes don't really have it, do we? We live without it, but mm. <laughs> if people are um, you know just just be aware of that. That's a you know it's a massive step that people people can take. Um, and um, interestingly, you know, you, and when you're saying, "Oh, what can people do to to stop, um, you know, to stop buying things?" when you're talking about the key cups yeah. and, and other things, um, I find that an interesting one because it is it is so easy to you know, it's like eating chocolate isn't it? Shopping, like it's easy to do, particularly when um, you know what I find. I find that when I go on maternity leave. I start spending because I'm not working all day. Like, I'm just sitting there. Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, like my husband's like, What is going on? I'm like, Wow, it's crazy how we're idle, how easy it is to just sort of say, Oh, just, you know, buy. And when, you know, when you. So, when do you think, like, you think
0: that that's down to not enough of a sense of purpose in one's day that's greater than the four walls that we live in or the empty tummy that might be rumbling?
1: Or just, just liking excitement too, right? Like, there's, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a. Um, there's a, you know, it 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 is geared to bring a certain buzz, right? Yeah. That what you know, that's what shopping is geared to do. That's how it works. That you know, that that's what a lot of what goes on. And and um, you know where I see it the worst? This is really interesting. The reusable nappy market. Oh, okay. We yeah. Reusable nappies on all our kids, and people go crazy, and they have these like four, five, six times as many reusable nappies as they actually need for their children. Because there's this whole thing with different prints and different styles and different colours, oh, and goodness. it's, it's, it's yeah. actually quite incredible. Like, and you see people going into debt over it. Like, it's it's absolutely. It's, You're I know, kidding. I know. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a whole it's a whole other. World. It's probably and firstly renewable you know, nappies are brilliant they're doing great things but i think we've survived with you know 25 of them um the sort of you know one twenty-five that lasted two kids and then we had to refresh them for, for another one but um you know i see people with sort of 80 100 sort of sets i'm like that's that's a lot (laughs) but it's exactly what it is it's kind of a you know it's a it's a funny example it's exactly what you're talking about is that idea of you know we say okay I'm going to buy something more sustainable but I'm um I'm a little bit hooked still on the on the buying thing um and to be honest I think you know what I think the solution for me has been it's been to get into second-hand markets Mm, love it get down to lifeline um you know, we we've furnished a huge amount of our house, a huge amount of our um, warehouse, actually our office. Just get onto secondhand markets. Um, I find that they you can pretty much find anything you ever need um, through uh, sort of uh, low waste. Um, Facebook groups um, through um, you know charity stores um, and and through kind of Facebook marketplace you know wherever it is like there's a, there's a huge amount out there and I've, I found that almost any time I've said oh well the kids have said oh, I really want this plastic horrendous toy that you really don't want in that." <laughs> house <laughs> and and every time i've been able to go to one of these low low um low waste groups and say look my kid really wants this it's their birthday and i'm gonna cave can anyone save me having to go and buy it there has been like even the most obscure things that aren't even for sale in australia
0: wow always been
1: someone who's come and said oh yeah we got given two of them or i've got one in my top cupboard i was you know it was a freebie when i bought I don't know something, and it's in my top cupboard. Yeah, come and you know, come and get it from me. So, I think um, I think for me, that's that's a big one. Is just really um, really sticking to secondhand markets whenever you can, and 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 you know, giving your stuff away back into the secondhand market. And I think just finding finding what works and finding how much easier life is when it's not cluttered, how much easier mm-hmm. is your Tupperware drawer when there's just, you know, too much boxes and,
0: you know. It's so two true. Uh, We've found that. I mean, with all my mould stuff, when we moved last year in February, we couldn't take anything with us um, yeah. and that was the greatest gift in disguise. We have not filled this place up. It is essentials only yeah. and we have loved the sense of serenity and space yes. and have just kept things really uncomplicated since. Yeah. And, uh, and I totally agree with the second-hand thing. It can be a really beautiful way to keep in touch with good friends as well. Yeah, um, and, and, by, I, and I don't mean, like, because you always want something from them so you're always reaching out to them. I don't mean it in that way. I just mean, you know, I've got a, a, a mate who's got three boys oh, you're laughing just, at me. I'm just thinking, I'm, like, I know, I'm like,
1: like, have you got any sugar? I mean,
0: a bed. a bed. <laughs> Let's have a coffee. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've got a, a mate who's got three boys older than my boy and so whenever they do a big clean out, you know, it, we get a garbage bag of, um, of all these clothes. And said couldn't give two hoots where the Adidas tracksuit comes from. He is in love with that thing. He is surgically attached to it and it is secondhand. It doesn't mean he loves it any less. And I think if yeah. we can teach our kids the value of, of just something feeling new to them rather than having to be new from a shop
1: yeah. is,
0: is enough. That's that's plenty. And then yeah. it can live on in someone else's wardrobe after us.
1: Yeah, and there's, there's incredible access to it. I seen people who live, you know, in Perth. I think, what do they call it, the Buy Nothing? I think they're called the Buy Nothing groups or something yes. like that. There's, you know, it's there's, there's called cool different things in different places, but, um, you know, it is quite incredible. I think the other thing people... You know, she also remember, and this is a friend of mine who reminded me of this because we were talking about, you know, she comes to her house and she's like, oh my God, you guys just get everything second hand. You don't pay for anything. It's incredible. And we, <laughs> we, we you know, give a lot of stuff away as well. Um, and it's because there's such a phenomenally active um, uh, low-waste group in our area where, you know, as soon as a car seat's been, you know, we finished with it, it gets passed on or a pram or whatever. But she um, works a lot with uh, um, refugees and immigrants and she said they just don't, the people who need it the most don't have access to it yet we come from an area where I guess because people are generally that bit more affluent they don't care for that five dollars or ten dollars they're happy just to keep this very circular economy going mm. um, and yeah, and unfortunately it doesn't necessarily reach out to the people who need it most so we you know that's another thing to just to remember if you are um Giving stuff away is is also to see well can I can I give this away to someone who's outside of maybe my immediate area to to somewhere where it really um you know is is needed.
0: Hundred yeah. percent, such a great point. Um, shout out to Dress for Success, for example, yeah. amazing organization yeah. that you can give old business clothes to to get women to feel really confident in that job interview when they're trying to get out of you know yeah, first second third generation um unemployment the
1: French of yeah. dignity is another one yes think, yeah, yeah all, all those ones that, so many
0: good like, organizations yeah. I've got a big blog post that has a link to a few so um I'll pop that in the show notes today for anyone who um, needs some inspo in that in that area um now I want to uh Mythbus something that comes up with deniers quite a bit or denial articles around climate change. I'm going to change tack completely here because I think this is a really important one and it's one that seems to get bandied about to serve people who are on the fence who might not have much education in the area of climate change and that is that our renewables, wind and solar, for example, are non-sustainable <laughs> yep. and it just kind of gets thrown out and like yeah it just it's totally unsustainable anyway it's a crock of yeah. shit and all that kind of stuff so set us straight maybe give us a bit of a history lesson on how far these materials have yeah. come mm-hmm.
1: yeah so um look when it comes to i mean obviously anything that is manufactured has an imprint right yep. so so anything on this earth is going to have an imprint of some kind. Um, and, you know, when when uh, companies are building wind farms or when they're building um solar farms, part of that selection process increasingly is, okay, who am I buying this from? Uh, what are their practices in in how they're manufacturing and what they're doing? Um, and, and, you know, I guess that's from a, whether it's from a pollution sense of view, whether it's from a sort of a, a human um, sort of rights point of view, that, that's all part of the equation that comes into it. Um, but I think, look, I think that the one of the biggest things that I've I've seen is, and I, I admit I haven't seen it for a while, but there was, you know, a while ago, people said, oh, well, if I assess the life cycle of a of a solar plant or a wind farm, it doesn't actually do anything. Um the, by the time it's created, um the the you know, what it generates over its life doesn't make up for what it what it costs, <laughs> what it costs mm. in um, emissions to make in the first place. And I think what people, you know, miss is over 20, 30 years, probably 20 years that it's it's really um, been uh, sort of the efficiencies of, of these um, installations and, and this infrastructure has increased quite so much. But um, what's been happening over this period of time is that we have seen, um, gosh, I can't, I can't think of the scale, but the, the, the physical scale of what was needed to to generate a level of
0: electricity has gone
1: down. I don't know it's like it's, it's it's a huge. I can't
0: it's put a number, huge, it, but it's, isn't it? I remember yeah. Al uh, yeah. Gore talking about it in his presentation. It's come down so dramatically in yeah. the last twenty years.
1: It, it's like we saw with computers right computers mm-hmm. you just take up a whole room and and now you know you have your little sort of you know your ipad type thing and that's a very short space of time that's happening and we know there have been similar things going on um you know with wind farms and with solar farms have become significantly more efficient we've seen um a couple of key technologies take the lead. Even 10 years ago, people were dabbling in a lot more different types of technologies, trialling them. Um, And what's happened over the last five, six, seven years is we've really seen, um, you know, a sort of a a more firm um, part of of solar take over and the same with wind. So people are making the same thing over and over again. They're making it much more efficient. Um, It operates, you know, they they operate so well. and, And we're now at a point in time where... Um, from a cost perspective, you know, before we take subsidies or anything else into account, either way, um, be they're subsidies for, for, um, for fossil fuels or subsidies for clean energy, um, but before we take them into account in a lot of markets, your cheapest alternative um, is to install wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then solar is often, a, you know, a bit more higher, a bit of a higher cost than that. But um, from an from emissions perspective, and then these things last, they last 30 years. They can last 40 years, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, these installations. Um, yes, they can become obsolete over that time too. And that's simply because the the pace of change in, in the technology is changing so quickly um, that, you know, I guess in, in some instances they could become obsolete, but then at the same time they don't. Like there are wind farms that are that are going and they're still going, kind of 20, 30 years later, and they just keep chugging along and, and doing what they're doing. And yes, there'll be a faster one and a better one and a more efficient one, um, that comes along, but the old ones they're still going. Um, mm-hmm. And then at some point you repower it, you you know you you know you and you keep it, you extend the life as much as you can. So, um, I think you know, and, and people also forget the alternative, of coal stations and our coal stations. Um, or nuclear stations, for that matter, um, they're dying, right? The the coal stations they don't operate their whole life at the same capacity. They can't ramp up and ramp down the way that they used to be able to, and they need a huge amount of expenditure to go into them. Um, obviously, you know, not not necessarily the newer ones, but particularly in Australia, the ageing ones um, that companies are talking about you know, they're going to shut them down it's it's for good reason that they're talking you know the agls and these companies you know at some point have been talking about it um because it is costly for them to maintain them at the flexibility and at the dispatchability that they need to keep the energy markets going the way they need to do them so that's why you know that's why these companies are saying well actually we will replace them um, or we'll look to replace them um, with with clean energy um, so you know so i think that's that's the other comparison we always have to make with these things well you know what's what's our alternative um, and you know Yes, you can always say that there will be an impact with building a wind farm. It is you know it's metal, it's it's wiring, it's you know it's all these mm. things. We dig them out of the ground they they are manufactured somewhere. Um, but overall, um, the impact is 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 so much less um, and in particular when you you think about the life cycle of of coal and it's not just your plant, it's the inputs. It's mm. the constant need for more inputs and more inputs to go into it, um, you know, to fuel it. Whereas once you've got, you know, solar or wind, it's just
0: there hanging around. Mm. <laughs> and it just requires technicians and upkeep and yeah. modernization over time.
1: Yeah. And is, I mean, almost nothing for, for solar in particular, um, you know, you can have a, depending on where you are in the world and how dusty it is or how, you know, whatever, but you can have a solar plant that, that requires, um, you know, very little, to be fair, um, in the scheme of things, um, mm.
0: to, to keep it running. So um, with, this is, this brings up another denial argument, jobs. Mm. um (laughs) uh so so just from what you've said there someone could just extract that one tiny thing out of context and say it's going to get rid of all of our jobs as well what do you say to that
1: yeah so jobs is a real consideration right so Mm. if you are if you are looking at trying to build up you know, if, if, if you're in the job of building wind farms and solar farms, you're also in the job of building up economies. You are not mm. looking to to break economies. You're looking to build them up. And a massive part of that is keeping jobs for people. Now, in the US, we've seen that um, clean energy has been the fastest growing industry in the US and growing the, the most number of jobs. Um,
0: I think it's six to one at the moment, clean energy, job, new clean, new yeah. jobs in energy... Yep. Six, Six
1: renewable, one yeah. coal. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, you know, so there's a there's. I mean, firstly, we've got a big build-up out of clean energy that needs to be done. There are going to be jobs going for a very long time mm. <laughs> that are needed. Um, and and uh, I mean see, that that's simply the statistics are that clean energy is creating a huge number of jobs. Now, I guess the the thing that we have to be careful of is where are those jobs? Are those jobs in the coal towns? And what's going to happen um, to those, you know, to those those um, areas that that currently um, are producing coal or, or whatever it is, or or if it's a nuclear, you know, a town or you know whatever it is, and those jobs and what needs to happen there, and that is something that um, that we do need to be very considerate of and very careful of, and uh, you know, it's it, we are go- the reality is we are going to see a lot of industries that are going to be. Shut down, change significantly over the next 10, 20 years of our life. Anyone who's got a career now has got to face the reality that there's going to be um, machine learning and artificial intelligence that comes in. There's going to be um, robotics that comes in and takes over, you know, you know sort of changes a lot of, of how industry works right now. And so it doesn't matter whether you're a lawyer or whether you work in a coal plant or whether you're an investment banker or whether you're an accountant or whether you're a doctor, there are going to be changes um, that are going on and there are going to be jobs that um and it's just I think it's just a reality of the times that we're in um, mm-hmm. that anyone has to sit there and say, Okay, um, what what do what can I do to, you know, position myself. But at the same time, and this is where I think it really is, you know, it does come down to governments. Um we we do have um you know we do have responsibility to someone who is, is losing a job to say, okay, how can we, you know, how can we help that we've been through that in Australia already when um you know when BHP started shutting down some of its steel mills um, and things. You know it's it's and all when um, the apple industry moved out of northern Tasmania. You know you know it, it's happened, right? It's mm. happened. And I think it's just something we all, you know, um, however you call, um, we have to be very aware of the people who could lose jobs. Um, help with training, help with, you know, you know, help with retraining. And and I think that's the thing. You know, there there are people. Well, you're an electrician. Well, now you train up and you become a solar electrician. That you know, there are opportunities out there, and people are really taking. I get approached by a lot of people. Um, who have been trained in one industry and they're saying, oh, but I want to get into solar, how do I do it? Um, And so I kind of talked them through, okay, well, here are some things you can do, here's some training you can do, here are some ways that you can get into the renewable industry because it is hiring. It is
0: hiring. Well, we have a massive renewables engineer shortage, technician shortage in this country. Um, And uh, I was hearing... uh, Uh, from the Queensland government last week and the Queensland government has also given us some rather bad news (laughs) this week so we have to still keep fighting Adani but um, one of the good news stories out of the Queensland government is making TAFE free for 18 to 24 year olds to encourage a boom in technicians and engineers in renewables of all things so you know there are good news stories that we're not sharing enough I think and Um, I think we have to remember that whether it's the big guys of industry or the government, we've got to find the good news stories as well so that we can congratulate them because at the end of the day, energetically, it's a bit like patting a dog for doing the right thing and then they want to do more of the right thing. Um, I really do believe it. I mean, we see it with all of the rallying we do to cosmetic industry to Unilever is now going to be disclosing what is under their word fragrance in their products. You know, some really big things that happen (laughs) because, because people, because people ask for it. And I think in, in this case, I think that's a really important one to mention. Exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, Look, it, it is something that, that people can be aware of and it's something they can do something about. But On, on the whole, yes, um, the clean energy industry is massively growing jobs um, and then like any transition, we have to, you know, um, help provide the, the, the training, the resources and for the, for the people who are learning and, and help the people who um, may have to, you know, over time leave their industries transition to, to something else. Mm.
0: Um, <clears throat> yeah, big one. And so in terms of uh, what we can do, I think another thing that's really exciting that's starting to become more and more thought about uh, simply because so many of us have done a lot on the personal level uh, and I'm so encouraged to know that we should keep fighting the fight on the education front to get more people to do that with (coughs) 60% of emissions being able to be cut by regular grassroots
1: yeah, collective. Yeah.
0: I think that's so exciting. That's my yeah. favorite new fact of the week. <laughs> um, I'll get the
1: I'll get the report for. I'm just trying to get the exact wording. But it was it was effectively it was. Um yeah, it was was sixty was percent um, I don't I don't think it's a sixty percent cut it's not saying it's sixty percent cut from levels, but it's saying it was so sixty percent of the emissions that are go out there are directly under the influence of consumers. Yeah. that um, you know, we can, you know, I don't think it's saying
0: it's Under our influence, yes. Yeah. That's more yeah. just. Yeah. Um and I'll um when you dig up the report, we'll pop it in the yep. show notes as well. Yeah, Cause yeah. I think that'd be really good for the nerds. We've always got lots of nerds yeah, who like yeah, to read the fine print.
1: They should ah. sign up to McKinsey. McKinsey has some um, really incredible research. They've, um, you know, I remember the first time I saw one of their one of their charts where they, and they've been doing it for many years now, where they basically plot out the biggest ways, the biggest impact ways to um, to sort of stop emissions versus the costs related to them. So it went from effectively negative costs, so what can we actually save money and also cut emissions doing, up to, you know, clearly the wind farm, it costs money to do it. Um, Although these days it could cost you less than coal, so effectively net, net it could um, could actually save you money. But what I always remember is, getting rid of standby lights on appliances so changing the appliances you put in your home and getting rid of those pesky little red standby lights or clocks on your microwave or whatever it is as so, you know there mm. and, and that, I remember McKinsey put this chart there it was like one of the biggest things on their whole chart was just buy an appliance that doesn't have a standby
0: wow. light. wow <laughs> I mean you know, where's that in our school education like yeah. I feel like that's a life skill to know that little fact
1: but if you bought, you know, if you bought, like um, I can't remember we bought our latest uh, washing machine, and when it turns off, it shuts down. Like it properly, fully shuts down. There's no clock, there's no little light, there's no anything. It's off. It
0: doesn't sing you annoying. a song.
1: Oh, no, it does. It doesn't say farewell. It does say annoying farewell. And then, you know, and then four, five minutes later, it's gone. So, you yeah. so these, these these facts are out there, and, you know, and, and the companies are changing, which I find really interesting. I didn't even know that was going to happen. And I'm like, oh, look, there you go, no standby light, no clock, no nothing. It's all, you know, um, and it's little, you know, those little changes, we think they're so tiny, but they they genuinely add up. Um, one of the other massive impacts that people can have, which I think you will love, um, because I think we all, you know, we all know about a plant-based diet, which is a little bit further down the line, but almost up there with building in farms and, um, and, uh, you know, reforesting, uh, reforesting um, uh, tropical areas is stopping food waste. So mm, many massive. times you think as a plant-based diet, all those other things, massively more impactful than that, is stopping food waste.
0: Yeah, it's huge. Um, so um, with food waste in this country alone, and the figures are even more astronomical if you look at the US, UK or um Europe as a continent, yeah. uh, we waste in Australia $20 billion worth of food a year and $10 billion is <laughs> business yeah. and the other $10 billion is us just yeah. going, oh, whoops, and throwing it away. And for, like the first thing that we should, like this is just, Forget changing your lipstick, people. Get a compost bin. This is yeah. number one low tox. If you want to be really low tox, yeah. start composting yeah. or hook up with your council if they do yeah. green waste collection, um, because more and more of them are starting to do that. Or join the Share Waste app and get your waste, your compostable waste, picked up, yeah. Um, yeah. so that it goes to someone's garden. There's so many great initiatives. You just what, a quick what? google away scary. yeah no share yeah, one I'm go really for excited. it
1: because you know i was going to ask you what's your, your number one tip but it reminded me something i'm really excited like i've been really excited about and we've had people come through and no one else seems to have seen it is councils are subsidizing um dog poo waste oh like compost bins so it's a little it, it you don't put it like right next to your food compost bin you put it you know somewhere else in the garden and it's a little bin Um, Mm -hmm. Like it's a little, you dig it into the ground, it's a little screw on lid and they give
0: you a pair of tongs, which I find hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) We could have done without those, but anyway.
1: And and I'm like, please kids don't mix those tongs up. Um, And, um, (laughs) And it's got like that that, that starter like the Bokashi mix does. So it's like mm. you know when you get a Bokashi, you get the little starter thing. It's, it's got um, those little enzyme whatever they are things, a little bag of them. And, um, yeah, every time you scoop up the dog poo and you put it in there and every so often you scatter some of the stuff on top and you close it up and it composts your dog poo. No more plastic bags, no more stinky anything with the dog poo. It just goes straight in there. It's incredible. Fun. Not that there's it you know, there's know about it. So, and, and i found that, um, yeah, some of the, the local councils are Uh, um, you can buy from your local council like a compost bin.
0: Is that the compost revolution, guys, that have brought that out to complement the other stuff they're
1: doing? Maybe. I don't know. I just, yeah, I just saw it and I was like, oh, yep, we're going to try that and it's brilliant. It makes life so much easier. Um, Mm. No more plastic bags, no more, you know, all that kind of of stuff. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, alongside the compost bin. Um, But, yeah, because I was going to say because what our little, our favourite tip um for reducing food waste even i think before we get to composting it, is um is we found that when we had a weekly grocery delivery mm-hmm. firstly we managed to ask for it without any plastic oh um, down to you know it came in a paper bag and um if it wasn't meat or dairy um everything was you know completely free of of any plastic and what we found was that every time we got to a new week we knew exactly when our groceries were coming and so we could look at the fridge and go okay that's what we've got left what are we going to do with it
0: Mm, and we could soup and and curries they're just the the best way to hide things that you're just not inspired by anymore
1: And the other thing we always did was whenever we got the box, because there's never any room in your fridge and because it's organic, it comes with like all the dirt and the, you know, everything Mm. on it. And so when we got it, we'd actually cut all the vegetables up at that point in time. So we'd chop off the ends, we'd get rid of the corn husks, we'd do whatever we needed to do. Almost when we got the box, put that in the stock pot immediately. And so the vegetables were kind of prepped, ready to go. And we had our full stock done Um, And then once the stock's done, then, you know, part of it might go to the dog, part of it goes to the compost. And then, you know, you've got this whole and then you grow your garden, you've got this whole sort of circular thing um, going on. Um, Although I should say for anyone who's, you know, it is, as you you say, there are plenty of options if you don't have your own garden to use use a community. Actually, one of our friends was taking the compost to the preschool because the preschool had a compost. Oh, how great. And
0: that just creates so many little points for connection, so much potential
1: yeah, yeah yeah so there's you know the the Bokashi system we tried for a while um we then got a compost bin instead um I killed someone's worm farm almost <laughs> actually do not Bakashi oh. says Bokashi says you could put lemons in it and then it can go in a worm farm and it's fine and maybe it can but not with the, the rate of lemons that I eat <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I think that you have to tread pretty lightly on the lemon yeah. front, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah from so any from any
0: composting workshop I've I, been to. No, anyway. I know, so if
1: anyone reads it on the side of the couch bin been saying, you can take the lemons and put them in from i don't.
0: Okay, <laughs> good tip, good tip. <laughs> um, yeah, food waste is huge and I was a part of a food waste think tank with um, Oz Harvest a couple of weeks ago. Just a few mm-hmm. of us got together to see how we could really really uh, effectively put a dent in that $10 billion on the consumer front. And yeah. all of the stuff we're talking about is quite ex-gen, parent, maybe Y-gen as well.
1: Mm. Um, but it
0: was interesting to learn about some of the millennial, or, you know, 20-something pain points around food waste. Um, you don't want to look daggy. You know, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff.
1: that seriously one of the... Because I remember where, when I was at uni, it was like people were doing um, dumpster diving practically.
0: Um, well, I think you were hanging with a different crew of friends. I, and I
1: admit,
0: you were with too, the cool greenies. But the average person <laughs> is saying, I don't want to look like the stingy one who takes yeah. the leftover food at our um, local, you know, Thai get-together. And um, you know, there's, the doggy there's, bag.
1: they don't want the doggy bag.
0: Yeah. and you've got to, But you've got to look at those um you know social constraints and help people get around them because that's how you know you can't we don't want to judge that that's happening we want to go right that's where you're at and how could we make this a cool thing for you to do did they have
1: a solution did they come up with a solution to
0: it yeah so um we we were just sort of it was more about acknowledging that it was um one of the Um, the issues and and a hilarious other issue that I totally remembered once I projected myself back to being a 23 year old was the, the fact that if you were somewhere and there was leftover food and you may have potentially doggy bagged regularly but then yeah. you were all headed out to a nightclub and you knew <laughs> it wasn't going to be going into a fridge. <laughs> like these are the things. So, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, it's about teaching people to only order what they need, have a better conversation yeah. with the waiter and make sure that there's not going to be leftovers. And yeah, yeah. a whole bunch of things came up um, and some pretty cool initiatives that got tabled. Um, in the form of apps and calculators, and um, ding, ding, ding kind of rewards points yeah, by yeah. reaching certain levels and all sorts of fun stuff. Oh wow! Yeah. So, but it's a huge one. I totally agree. We really, um, we really don't link those two issues as, as. Um, as having a relationship to each other, food waste mm. and the climate crisis, and they absolutely one hundred percent do. Yeah.
1: Mm. And I think it look it brings a lot of hope people because I know I, you know I know that everyone everyone hears that you know if you stop eating all meat and, and you become vegan. Um, and I know that Twenty Forty had some interesting things. The, the film Twenty Forty had some interesting things to say on on actually um, certain types of, of cattle farming.
0: That oh, absolutely! Make. I've <laughs> had many regenerative farming conversations yeah, yeah, yeah. that talk about the drawdown um, and and the fact that having grazing animals, whether you eat them or not, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. the, the, the act of actually having animals grazing and flattening paddocks. Yeah. Is um is potentially if they're eating the right diet for them and therefore dramatically reducing the methane um, in the picture as well, um, can sequester more carbon than they produce. And you would never think that of red meat, you know, um, cattle farming, but um, but it is possible. So, I mean, for me, the big one is just factory farming has to go absolutely, one hundred percent. Got to get rid of it. Should be a huge focus for everybody. Um, And then, then of course, just doubling that veg and then thinking about where that veg comes from and making sure it's not from intensive monocropping agriculture, which, you know, is just as bad in many ways.
1: Yeah, look, I think it's you know just one of the big things is people can realise that they can have such a big impact whether it's being more plant based or whether it's just reducing their food waste. You know, whatever level people think they can go to, it's having a massive impact. um, You know, no matter what it is, so I think it's a you know it's it's a big powerful point for people to realise that that a little bit of saving from the you know asking for that little bit less food or ordering that little bit less food or saving something from the supermarket. It um you know it's it that that's one of the biggest ways people can actually fight
0: climate. Mm, it's huge, isn't it? And, uh, and I think, you know, as I just said before, to think about um, where your plants are coming from too, because we don't want to then be, you know, dosing up on soy that's, you know, clearing the Amazon. So yeah. It's, yeah. We have to just the main lesson there is to really think about where our food is coming from. Yeah. And the most honorable possible way that we can afford and have access to, and then the food waste. I think they're the two big lessons, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's incredible
1: how much the... You know, we, do, we don't see it, I guess, but just that single crop, that
0: intense single crop farming. Um, it's, destroying we, yeah, it's, it's, it's destroying soils. And that's a huge reason that they can't, you know, sequester carbon um, yeah. when they're rock hard and um, and then that causes more flooding because they can't absorb the water when it does come. It's a whole host of problems. So yeah. agriculture, yeah. you know, um Plant-based is not 100 percent exempt from um, inquiry either. Yeah,
1: so I
0: think that's a really important one to to mention. Um, mm-hmm. And not that I'm pro meat either. I just think yeah. really about yeah. us all thinking about where our food's coming from. Either way, yeah.
1: however we. It's a holistic debate, isn't it? Just you know, everything. yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, we're just at this point where we've changed to. You know, in order to feed the populations that we've got, um, you know, we, we have had to come up with with much more intensive, much more efficient ways of doing things than we historically have. Um, and now, you know, it's, it's really time where the, the farmers that have gone a step further than that and said, right, I'm going to be efficient, but I'm also going to be looking after the land and making sure that the land is working as efficiently as it can. Um, you know, it's really time for them to kind of come to the fore and um, get that knowledge you know, yeah, that's out there right. and Working.
0: Oh, for sure. And there are some incredible farmers who are holding seminar after seminar, tirelessly helping other farmers learn how to transition to maintain and even grow efficiency, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but look after the the people and planet and animals mm-hmm. if they're farming on else along and the way. And
1: it, it's interesting to because that's one of the biggest things I find whether it's um you know whether it's it's different ways of farming or whether it's it's building clean energy. I think. People need to realise that that there's particularly in Australia, I found with clean energy, there's a mentality about oh, if we're we're switching to clean energy, there's something um, we're sacrificing somehow it's more expensive or it's harder or it's, you know, there's, there's something in, and I think the real change people need to, to, to start thinking about is actually a lot of these solutions are cheaper, they're easier, they're faster, they're more effective. Um, I think that's the mindset people need to start really moving to is understanding that a lot of these solutions, there's no reason to hold back from them. Because actually it's, it's better economically. It's, it's better, um, you know, if it, on top of every other kind of green reason. Um, there are actually improvements on, um, you know, on, on how we do business, on how we live our lives, on how we, you know, take care of the air or the, you know, the sort of the land around us.
0: Mm. Um, and, and even when it is more expensive, it's really just about, I, I find like for organics, that for me was a stretch yeah. that I was prepared to go to as yeah. a as a community pioneer, you know what I mean? Like we all are. Anyone who's just buying that extra couple of organic items, biodynamic items, just trying to incorporate more and more in their shops is starting to create that powerful wheel of change that makes everything more economical for the farmer to then be able to produce more, to then be able to um, create economy of scale, to then allow more people from diverse um budgets to be able to jump on board and it'll be the same with the cars it'll be the same so it really is just about everyone having that honest conversation with themselves about how much they want to um impact and then realistically how much they can and then just doing what you can
1: yeah um and i like i look at you know and i also think um like I, I you know i often hear that people are sort of saying oh i can't i can't afford this or particularly you know coming from in sort of a you know organic and a fair trade te- te- textiles people are saying oh, i can't afford it and i always think you know what you, you don't necessarily have to it's not necessarily up to everyone at this point in time mm-hmm you have to be able to afford some things. Let's be realistic. Not everyone can afford everything that they necessarily would love to, but I think it is a responsibility if you can prioritise something or if you can afford it without really having to think about it. Um, That's when I think it's, you know, it is people's job to kind of step up and go, actually, you know, I can afford this, so I'm going to... Do the right thing um, in hoping that over the long term, the more the more scale it brings, the, the you know the more it enables everyone to have um, you know greater access to it, and um, which obviously is just one way of, of creating access. There are you know people out there doing incredible things to um, help people have access, you know, particularly to foods, as you know. Yeah. Um, you know, regardless of, of sort of what what situation they're in, you know, kind of bringing that alive for people and, and helping them learn how to, to you know, again, empower themselves, create their own um, food sources rather than relying on, on what's around them.
0: Yeah, super exciting. Mm. Um, and I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, tonight is... Um, banking and superannuation because there are some pretty exciting new products, new businesses, new banks, all sorts being offered up to us these days. Um, yeah. And and it feels like this, for people who have really um, bedded down their day, day-to-day stuff, yeah. feels like this is an exciting new frontier that we can then continue to make a difference with.
1: Yeah, so one of, one of the things, um, you know, particularly around the time when we had you know, sort of government boats and things, and people kind of go, "Oh, you know, I, other than voting, I can't, I can't do anything. I can't afford to install solar panels on my roof, or I'm renting, or I'm, you know, I've, uh, you know, I, there's nothing else that I can control. I can't afford a battery. I can't, you know, I, I can't do that." And every time I hear that, I just think, "Oh gosh, you guys, you have so much more power than you think." And and um, part of that is simply what our energy plan is in our business, in our house, if you're the PA to a company um, or if you're the CEO, what energy plan are you choosing in your business? If you are at home, similarly, what energy plan did you choose um, for your home, um, you know, when you signed up? So that's, you know, it's the simplest way that people can impact it. But then exactly the same is, as you say, it's, you know, we we, in Australia, we, most of us have a pension. Mm. um, And we sit there saying, oh, I don't have any money I can put towards it. people do you've got you know people have these incredible pension funds and I, I what people don't necessarily realize is that some of the biggest investors building these massive infrastructure projects around the world are pension funds um it's government funds it's some high net worth but it is a huge number of pension funds um that are out there and I think um you know obviously never giving you know um a financial advice that's for people to go and you know seek from their uh you know from their advisors but um you know, writing to your pension fund um, or looking for pension funds who align with the things that you want to align with is something that everyone can do. That might be sustainability, it might be climate, it might be um, you know women in business, mm. you know whatever it is. Um, I think you know, people can can um, can really influence change by. You know, going and, and selecting where their pension is invested or asking, you know, finding a pension fund that is um, potentially decarbonizing, for example. Mm. Um, and, you know, pulling out of, of, of coal rather investments or transitioning out of coal investments and um, also potentially supporting a lot of the the sort of new technology or other things that are coming into place to replace the gap that, that coal will leave. Um, you know, I think as a lot of people know, uh, solar and wind only operate when the wind's blowing and the sun's shining. Um, and our demand for power is often not at those times. Um, you know, it's in the evenings when we all come home from work. Um, and you know and and i and, and there is a need for power during that period of time that isn't yet filled um entirely by batteries batteries are still coming down in cost um and they're not yet at a, a level that is necessarily in in all parts of australia um you know as cheap as as some of the other forms of energy that we've got if you live on an island it may well be <laughs> which mm. is i uh, just say tesla tesla puts all their batteries in you know in hawaii and other places that are often relied on generators or diesel so they've got a very high cost of power currently um although that said Australia has one of the highest retail um, uh, energy price, electricity prices in the world. So we're, which is one of the reasons why we are so ready to drive change in Australia.
0: I think. Yeah, we're so um, ready.
1: Like it's it's like I I know in a way Australia is it feels like Australia is a little bit behind and yes you know compared to China compared to Germany compared to even the US some of these these countries that have been so far ahead with their energy policies for a long renewable energy policies for a long time they have really streamed ahead but what people need to realise is that in the last few years um, I believe the statistic is that Australian residential rooftops were some of the fastest growing solar installations in the world in the last few years and that's because we have this population that in, typically we've got rooftops we've got sunshine um, on average we've got a higher kind of disposal income than you know a lot of countries um, do and and people want to say you know what I can control this myself I can do this um, and we've got I, I think Australians tip to be to install a third of the world's I think it's residential batteries next year wow think about it that is massive it's little australia that's not a third per capita that is a third of the world's residential batteries are expected to be installed in australia
0: um which shows, go team That's I know exciting. Which,
1: which yeah which shows you you know we sit here thinking oh we're little australia and maybe we don't have the right you know the policies aren't um i don't know we're not sweden or you know whatever kind mm, of you know yeah. big or germany or that you know
0: Or then there's the people that say, "Oh, well, what can we do to make a difference? We're only two percent of the global emissions." That's like the analogy of, "Oh, it's only one straw," said eight billion people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, and you know so we, we are doing incredible things and we're doing them because everyday people are saying in Australia are saying I'm going to do this I'm going to make this change um, and one of those changes you say is you know there are um, you know is, is to really look at where the money that you do have which you, you are investing in your future which is, is a pension fund where's what's that money doing and, and you know where where is that money going and so that's that is a really powerful tool that people have and it's not just pension funds it's if I want to buy my car from a certain company you can write to that company and say hey it's really important to me that you bring out a car that does xyz or if you're buying you know bed sheets if you're buying you know a phone from a company um write to them and say i you know i would like you to be um, powered 100 percent by renewable energy Um, There are companies out there, you know, Apple's doing it, Google's doing it, not necessarily in their manufacturing but in their US offices. Um, There are, you know, hundreds of companies that are saying, right, we are going to power ourselves by renewables. They buy them from somewhere. So they're then having to put, you know, people are going to have to build the infrastructure that supports their need for 100% renewable energy. So just, just putting that out there and saying to companies, hey, it's really important to me that you stop throwing away waste, that you, um, you know, that you, you purchase your, your energy from a renewable source, that you um, choose an office space. That is a green office, or you know, has as high a star rating as possible. Um, these are all really small things that um, I think people really need to realize that they, you know, you can influence it. You can be at many different levels of business. You can be a consumer, you can be a worker, you can be an owner, you can be whatever it is, and you can change all these little decisions. Business is made up of people. Mm. is some entity that you know operates on its own it's 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 people's decisions and and we all have the capability to write letters
0: to um vote with the dollars we spend and where we spend them um i'm thinking about office managers now and yeah. the purse strings they have for everything yeah. that gets used in an office
1: yeah yeah mm. yeah it's it's really true and it look offices in particular uh because they're such big purchases of things you'll find um you know i've seen it there for example um oh gosh i wish I could remember the name of the company now um but they support um aboriginal communities and it's it's literally um uh, like paper supplies paper highlighters those kinds of supplies um but you know, that's their focus and and it worked well because businesses want to be seen to be doing the right thing. More mm. and more so they're having to report on what they're doing to fight climate change, to um, fight human rights issues, to, you know, to, to be more sustainable. Um, and so if you can give them something that, that kind of helps them report on that issue and 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 give themselves you know a sort of a bit of a ticket you know a tick in a yes. box. Um, then they then they're all for it. So absolutely, you know the, the sort of office managers um, have a you know a huge role to play um, mm. in this, as does every single person who's 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 in an office. You know. How you know uh, you know? You, you, I mean, you do see it with keep cups, right? People started trending their office where they're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna so everyone using something that's not a keep cup, or I'm gonna get rid of the you know the machine that has the capsules in it, or you know whatever it is. You don't know, really get rid of the machine because it's causing another. anyway, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna get, <laughs> that's, get that's the biodegradable capsules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you
1: know, a lot of hospitals need
0: them. Lot, oh lot, my goodness, yes,
1: that, that need uh, that need machines, and for whatever reason, they have to have the uh, the capsule anyway. Just if you're looking to get rid of one, that's where they can go. Too.
0: That's such a good tip, though. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's all helping um, much better than them buying another one and then both of you using them.
1: Yeah, 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 that's mm. true. Um, but um, but yeah, there's you know there are these these big big forces going on in the world with with um, big amounts of money that are people's money this isn't you know this isn't just held by one sovereign wealth person somewhere this is you know this this is all of our money um that collectively is is being invested and um it has a massive impact when it when we say actually you know what i don't want to invest in tobacco or i don't you know, I don't want to invest in whaling or I don't want to invest or live in... live export, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, live export or, you know, gambling or, you know, I don't want to invest in coal, mm. um, you know, and and that that is having a massive sway um, and I'm, you know, I guess in, in my line of work I'm at the receiving end of that where I'm hearing, um, you know, big car companies or, um, you know, big big sort of pension funds around the world saying our, our customers are asking that we change. And they're listening, and they're changing in, you know, in in a big way. So I, you know, I, I, um, you know, I do. You know, people really need to to realise that that they're having a big impact. And you know, when a when a pension fund goes to to look at what they're going to invest in, for example, um, at times their assessment of the environmental and sustainability impact that that business has can be as rigorous as their financial
0: assessment wow that's um, exciting
1: yeah it's it's really interesting to see it's it's um it's it's thorough it is um it is and it covers everything from um what's the pay, what's the equality of pay in a business to who's making the decisions to are the women making decisions to, um, you know, what kind of energy are you using to, you know, what's your sort of sustainability policies and and actions across the group and are you uh, training up local people that need training and promoting them, you know, internally, you know, all these things that we've been discussing, Mm. um, you know, about jobs, about, um, you know, sort of education for women, or your everything. Um, that's what that's what they're asking before they'll invest in, in a company, which is, um, you know, it's, it's a huge deal to see such a big change in in a relatively short space of time. And and I know that some people sort of say, oh, well, it's, you know, I remember when, um, oh, who was it? It was one, I'm not going to name it actually, I know who it was, I'm not going to name it. It was one of the big, 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 you know, big banks that often gets a bit of a bad rap and they came out and they said, oh, we're gonna invest 150 billion in clean energy. And um, and I saw all these comments online where people were saying, Oh, how dare they, they're just doing it for the money, their heart's not in it. I'm like, Absolutely, <laughs> doing it for the money. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant because if they're doing it for the money that means things have really changed that means that's a whole new driving force where it's not about being green and it's not about thinking it's a nice thing to do it is the only thing to do it's the you know in the sort of the was it forward the the classic quote of the
0: uh you know whether you think you can or you think you can't either way you're right
1: No, no, the one about uh, people uh, wishing for horses and carts.
0: Oh yes, then, yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah.
1: And you know, and there, there's a bit of that going on right now, where, where a lot of the time I hear people discussing things, and I'm and I think you know, that is that's the horse and cart now, and mm. people to realise that it's it's not
0: it's not. The way the future is going to be, so we yeah, can't just make the horses off. and the carts faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to change and what we're doing,
1: and there's no point in clinging to them mm. um, because there's there's something very different, um, you know, that that is coming and it's coming quickly. Um, and the you know, I deal a lot in in I guess the technology side of it as well, and the technology that's coming along to support these changes um, that are going on in the world to to help us trade our energy more efficiently, to use it more efficiently to, um, I find it really exciting the things that are going on, like to uh, to change how and when we use um, electricity. There's a, 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 it was a famous, uh, <laughs> famous situation where there was a uh, an energy company that would literally text people to say, oh, we're about to hit peak time. Do you mind just turning off your manufacturing facility? You can all go down to the pub and we'll we we'll pay you just to shut down so you stop using as much electricity and that that's on a big scale um, wow but but you know that that type of thing that was you know done by literally sms or phone call um, but that that type of thing can all be automated and and we're go, we're heading to a point where our, our homes are set up so that our washing machines turn on when we've got ele- excess you know solar where we're looking ahead and saying okay the weather's doing this tomorrow therefore
0: I'll do all my washing tomorrow. Exactly,
1: exactly. Or the weather's going to be cloudy, therefore, you know, I'm not going to charge my, I'm not going to sell any of my electricity, I'm going to keep it so I can charge my car up tomorrow. Our cars become effectively batteries that are transporting kind of energy around the place. it's, you know, it's incredibly exciting um, what is available now already um for you know for for a very different kind of usage of um usage of energy i it was it was actually my cousin who doesn't have a car and i said uh she she said to her oh can you um can you send a message to my daughter and she had a, her first daughter and she said oh can you set, write her a letter for her future and it was a bit tongue-in-cheek because she would never use a dryer in her life Never the mm. dry. And so I wrote in a letter to her and I said, When you grow up, it's going to be okay to use the dryer. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> because, you know, it's gonna be a completely different energy future where, you know, it's it's not wasting energy because it's it's stuff that, that's already there. But um yeah, anyway, that, that you know, I just I think it's it's incredibly exciting. But what is um is more exciting is is the the means that Everyday people have to create this change. Whether it's stopping food waste, whether it's it's re, you know supporting tropical reforestation, whether it's eating a plant-based diet, whether it's flying one one you know less flight in a year um whether it's not having a car or whether it's you know moving to an electric vehicle or, or whether it's um you know looking at at i guess you know do you have roof space do you have an energy plan do you have a pension fund and what what can you actively do with it or what can you ask your school or your place of work to do um that that's different and i think you know i really want people to see how much influence and impact they can have. And it's, it's, not, it's not 60% is not small, right? No, <laughs> it's
0: really big. It's so big. And I think the more of us that realise that that's just how big an impact so many of us are already having, yeah. then our job is now to be the change, be enthusiastic about the change, love everything we're doing to the point where we incite curiosity around us from everybody yeah. else that isn't on the road yet and uh, curiosity invites an answer and it invites a share of information, whereas... Um, if you just open your mouth and start talking at people, they tend to just shut off and go, oh, my God, my hippie greenie cousin won't shut up. Yeah, so just be the change and love it and people yeah. get curious. They really do eventually. Pull, you know, that lipstick out, pull, just everything that you can do that's obvious in front of other people, just do it and love it. And people are like, yeah. oh, that's a really nice colour. Oh, yes, yeah, this new. and I found out, get this, they're putting these horrific... Things in our other lipsticks that are turning, you know, plastic that we're swallowing, and people go, Oh, wow, okay, yeah, actually, that's a good idea.
1: And then here's, I'm just thinking exactly what Long Lines are saying. Here's another statistic I found really interesting.
0: Oh, yeah, sure.
1: Which is um, that, uh, you know, so one of the reasons that people change often is because they found that one of the most powerful ways to make people change is to tell them their neighbour's doing something.
0: Which oh, interesting. interesting. They,
1: there was a, 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 I think it was a letterbox drop where they tried a whole heap of different ways of marketing. And yep. The most impact was your neighbours already doing this, so why don't you come and inquire?
0: Ooh, I love along, it.
1: I don't know if it's a good one, is it? but along the neighbourhood thing. So I believe the statistic is that one in three Queensland houses, it's something crazy like that, has solar
0: on it. Yeah, it's huge. Um,
1: which means that if you're in Queensland, one of your neighbours statistically... <laughs>
0: so get on board (laughs) and and the reason it's good one and the reason I mentioned lipstick just that from that be the change analogy wasn't because lipstick is going to fix the climate crisis I just want to be really clear on that front but it's more that a lot of people start to raise their awareness for one small selfish gain to begin with, whether it's a health gain, something yeah. getting you out of a tricky spot, you've you've tried a bunch of avenues and you had to do something radical, like actually just change the food you were eating,
1: yeah. um,
0: or you know. And these often we start on this journey quite selfishly yeah. um, because of something bad that happens or because of something good we see a friend doing that we want to do too because it looks like a pretty shade of lipstick. And then from there the awareness just grows and grows and grows and it just snowballs until your people like us sitting here, in, you know, halfway through our working lives and yeah. <laughs> discussing this on a podcast to share with a few thousand people this week. Like yeah. this is, we started by going, oh, gee, I wonder, you know, I started singing Saltwater with Julian Lennon at a <laughs> year nine. We looked that <laughs> somewhere and, yeah. and it snowballs and, uh, and I think however we can raise awareness... For that tiny first little awareness piece is just yeah. a very exciting moment we can witness in someone else's new journey. I think. Yeah. Mm. I
1: think you know, particularly with um, you know, with climate. I I, I see people say, oh, I want to be low tox, so i I I know the steps I can take. I'm going, you know, I'm I'm gonna sign up to Alex. I'm gonna go and do this. I'm gonna you know figure out the steps I can take, and um, and I see people you know wanting to reduce plastic. So we don't wait for the government to do it. We just you know stop using plastic bags and we stop using plastic straws and we you know stop this ourselves because we know we've got control and i just you know i think the biggest thing for me is for people to say that same level of empowerment and control that you feel around plastic straws or plastic bags or going low tox people have that same thing when it comes to the climate and they can take what they might feel are little steps but again all together you know a whole lot of led lights you know <laughs> you know can, you know it can um it it does make a you know it does stack up and make a big change um actually another another really interesting one is the drawdown project i'll send you that that's, yes that's, have you have you a look at that
0: that's on my know. reading list ah. i'm very excited to read that it's on my um i've got a, a big uh long haul flight that i have offset um, thanks to Qantas letting me do that. Um, oh yes,
1: when you click through, you do yeah,
0: always, click always off. click through. Because well, the yeah. reality of the work I do is that yes, I sometimes have to get on a plane, yeah. and so I'm a, I am a big offsetter, and I'm I'm interested now to see. Um, I, I've actually reached out to Qantas thanks to someone I met at the climate reality training last week. To have a look at exactly what projects they're funding and, and what oh, that often, yeah. when we tick that box, what does it mean on the other yeah, end? Of that yeah, money going somewhere because I think that's a beautiful story to tell, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now mm. yeah. that'll be really interesting to see what their um, what their answer is.
0: Yes, uh, so, so the drawdown project is um, is on my list for this long haul flight, um, and uh, and yeah. So tell me tell me what you um, what you wanted to share there because I think it's it's very exciting.
1: I think well, so so they they basically come with a hundred ways um, that that you know everyday people can can have an impact, and a lot of them we've we've talked through um, already. Um, and one of the other ones that they do talk about um, is the education of women. Again, you know another mm-hmm. another big one, which is, you know, how can we um, empower and educate. Educate women to to feel in control, to feel in control of their own bodies, um, to feel in control of, of, of you know whether they have children or not, or you know what I mean to the extent um, people can be. Obviously, we are not all in control of it, but um, <clears throat> you know it's, it's it's that that mass empowerment um, to women just through education has an impact. Um, you know, so it's, it's so broad-reaching that the different ways that we can start to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a change um, and I'm not going to leave it to my kids.
0: <laughs> mm, <laughs> no, gonna, no. We, maybe it. the baby boomers got away with saying that. We yeah. do not get away with yeah, saying yeah. that absolutely yeah. not yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: but um yeah that's one i think everyone should yeah definitely go and have a look at the drawdown project because it, it's simple um it's it's clear it's you know it's some really just down-to-earth um ideas on you know on on the things we can do and and does he does it ranks them and just helps put them in perspective as well yeah. um you know what are the what are the things that have the most impact um, you know, and I don't, you know, I think again, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily realize that it, it is some of those, what we, small things, um, like not throwing away food or composting or whatever it is that we, we don't always hear about how big that impact is and, and what it, you know, what it can change. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good, um, really good, um, resource for, for people to go and can look at and feel, feel, uh you know feel important
0: (laughs) well often we don't isn't it i feel like that's the huge um issue here is we don't feel important so realizing that the collective is important to the tune of 60 percent influence is huge and uh and then to really start seeing what that what the nuts and bolts of that sixty percent influence look like,
1: yeah. um,
0: using resources like the Drawdown Project, using some of the tips that we talked about tonight, and um, and and just looking at what you can't change just yet, and trying to make it. The best version of it until you can, um, like yeah. my my example with the car, um, you know we can all move some way forward in some some respect. There's always yeah. something to work on, and that's exciting. It means yeah. we can always do something.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and in in little old Australia, <laughs> which mm-hmm. might might feel like it's a million miles away, where we're just we're set up for it. You know, we've we've got this. Um, country with these incredible resources that we're we're very close to in this land that we have to take care of and um and we we all do have you know the opportunity to to do something about it and i mean even even things like people like oh I, I can't put on my rooftop but they don't realize well can i can i be part of a community project mm-hmm. that is you know the, that that is, is buying um clean energy can i um, you know, can I be part of a rental project? Can I, you know, you know, just oh, there are so many different ways. Um, you know, the people can can get involved. Um, you know, even you know that that I think also go beyond. You know, I, I love um, you know campaigning for governments to do things, but at the same time, sometimes. You know, and I think this, this is one of my stances and this is why I personally moved away um, from politics in my youth it Was I just wanted to get on with stuff.
0: <laughs> mm. is, it's you know, this, interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's,
1: there's yeah. so much. Um, you know, I, I remember once being approached by um, someone who was saying, oh, can you sign this thing to make the council do more with solar? And obviously being the depths of doing this bad as my career, I was like, hey, what are you asking them to do? What specifically are you, what, are you, what actions are you really asking them to do? And they, they couldn't give me an answer on that. It was just, well, we're going to sign this and say we want more of it. We don't really know what we want. And I think it's it's such a, Um, you know, it's a big thing for people to go, okay, it's, it's one thing to, to sign a piece of paper and ask for something and petitions are are incredibly important at getting people's voices out there and getting a message. Um, but that doesn't, doesn't stop us from being able to just actually make the change ourselves. We do not need to wait for some government to get around, you know, for someone else to get around to doing it. We actually all have the ability to start right now and to make the changes,
0: Mm. You make a really valid point there as well, though, that if one is to start a pot- petition or one is to write into council and you want more of something, be literate enough that you can articulate exactly what it needs to be and look like. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to make demands and they yeah. have to be clear. Yeah. And that's
1: not that's not always easy, but um, I think, you know, what I've seen with, with council stuff that does work is that someone in your community... Will probably know so even if you don't know what to ask for there'll be someone in your community who has worked with councils before who has been a lawyer or has been a, a i don't know a financier someone working in that industry and i've seen um, the incredible impact of of communities particularly around schools all grouping together and finding the the skill set in the in the parental group um and and writing these kind of world standard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, oh, yeah. We did one recently in our community when a car park was going to go into literally the only park in our area. No. And the park gets services uh, to local schools for sports yeah. activities, including yeah. ours, yeah. Um, and uh, and pretty much is the only green space that you can walk your dog in the area. Just no. all these things. So we literally just listed them all Um, There was a great petition started, we all jumped on it. luckily karen phelps was our member at the time our yeah, brief yeah. moment in time yep, and yep. Uh, and she got behind it as well and uh, yeah it got shut down really fast oh, wow. it was fantastic That's so great. if you act really clearly and talk about exactly what the drawbacks of something are exactly what the community gains by having something you know and you, you create a case you have to yep. create a case and i love that idea of thinking okay is there a lawyer locally that would ha- happily just cast their eyes over the petition before it goes live mm-hmm. just to make sure, you know, that's such a great idea.
1: You know what else I just remember, this might help a few people, is um, when it specifically when it comes to uh, some of the government subsidies and, and help for people who need it when it comes to installing, whether it's, I don't know, lights or commos bins or LEDs, Um, I've seen that some of the councils will specifically target an area at different points in time where they say, right, I feel like this area is struggling to get, you know, solar panels on roofs. And so um, I've seen that the state government every so often does have particular suburbs that it will target and offer incentives to those suburbs at particular points in time. Oh, cool. Um, so people should sign up. I don't know exactly. To be honest, it was something I just noticed. That, I think it was Bankstown at the time that I was looking at, but somewhere like, you know, um, it, and, and I so I don't know exactly where to sign up to, but just keep, people should keep an eye out for that kind of thing. Sign up to the local council. Um, sign up to kind of state council news on things they are in because there are, there really are um, grants and things out there that can help people that you may not know about. And some of them kind of pop up in a very, very small area. Um, But if you're part of that area, it could be a massive, massive help to people to... um, you know, to, to kind of do things that otherwise that might struggle to afford a bit, you know, in a way. Mm.
0: Um, so you know, do do keep an eye out um, out for them because they are they're popping up. <laughs> That's exciting, yeah, and yeah. yeah, they are, and um and and there's just there is, I mean, it just keeps like. A, We've been talking for, what, an hour and a half now and more ideas just keep popping up. This is very typical of our yeah, conversations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I think it just goes to illustrate in closing, um, and I will invite you for a closing statement in a sec, yeah. it just goes to illustrate how we are never hopeless yeah. uh, in terms of improving uh, the lot in our own family's life and the planet around us. We are literally never hopeless Uh, there is something you can wake up and decide to do and it's just a matter of having the literacy to know what the options are and then the prioritization to think okay what's going to have the biggest bang for its buck um yeah for for either my family or the planet um but usually it's both as we learn when we start to make more sustainable choices it just it's win-win yeah yeah
1: yeah um and it's you, you just, you know, people don't need to be, they don't need to be paralysed, just kind of going, this, this sucks, I hate it, I hate what's going on, but I just can't do anything about it. And that is so far from the truth. Um, you know, just people need to get out there and and say what they want and that's the other big thing, isn't it, that sometimes Everyone's sitting there, not really saying what they want, and then suddenly you have a you know a feeling of Beyonce in the world, <laughs> just kind of comes along and says, "Actually, no, this is all you know. This is all shit. You know, I this this should be a different way." Um, and then suddenly everyone's out there saying, "Well, that's what I was feeling, but I didn't really know how to articulate it." Um, and I think there's you know there's there's a lot of that out there at the moment that that people are not realizing. What they can do and what they can say, um, and just going out there and as before saying it, talking to businesses, going out there and demanding from businesses, asking them questions. When you see a business that says, "Oh, exactly, you've done with Qantas." Mm. Oh, well, you know, we're, we're in the part of the sequestration program. Well, tell me more. What do you actually mean by that? What are the details of that? Is this, you know, because, and I think that's that's really important more and more because um, there is an increasing amount of, of brainwashing going on out there. And I'm certainly not saying that Qantas is doing this at all, but I'm just saying in general, there is that. And so, you know, that that part of saying, hey, tell me more of the real story that you're doing that's setting you apart from what others are doing. Um which then t- starts a cascade of people going, "Oh wait, I have to, I have to do something real. What other people are doing, something real. I've got to, I've got to follow suit." Um, and you know, there really is just that that such a, a cascade of when when something starts being the status quo, when it's you know, when it's now well. Um, like plastic straws, it's so taboo
0: to walk into a cafe now, and
1: <laughs> like it's almost like oh my god, it's like you know smoking. So These like plastic straws are kind of the, the yeah. Store, and
0: think. literally five five years ago, that wasn't the case. You wouldn't
1: even think about it. Wouldn't no. wouldn't even have been yeah. Whereas now it's like, oh really, or even even single use biodegradable plastics. You kind of like oh surely you could just wash something you know, like it's, mm. it's and it, it is amazing to see um how quickly it changes, and that changes because. People like you are out there, you know, championing, giving other people the, you know, a, a sort of influence and a voice to say, "Hey, you know what? We can ask for change, and we can we can push for change, and we can push for it in so many different ways." um, in, in our capacity as, you know, as, as workers, as people at home, as, as parents, as, um, you know, as, as, as consumers, as, as voters, you know, there we can, you know, as, as pension fund holders, there are, you know, all the ways that we can, um, we can make a change. But I did, I did have one, I did have one question for you as a closing question, mm. which was what was the, what was your like favorite learning from Al Gore?
0: <gasps> Gosh. Okay, guys, she did not tell me she was going to ask me this question. (laughs) I have not prepared my answer. Um, Sorry. But I'm going to have a crack. Um, It's just that it's so fresh. Um, At the time that Anne and I are recording this, just to let you guys know, it's literally been just a week that I've been back. And um, if there's one thing about me um, that I know for sure, it's that I mull and stretch things and flip things in my mind and go over them again and again. And then about three weeks later I pop out with this amazing clarity about everything (laughs) that it takes my brain like I really like to sit with stuff for a bit before I talk about it but but um my biggest learning was the uh the economic case for transitioning yeah. Um. You know, I, I knew that the price had come down massively in mm-hmm. um, renewables. I knew that they had become more sustainably built. Yeah. I knew all that good stuff was happening, but I didn't realise just what a gold mine a country like Australia is sitting on to become potentially a renewable superpower yeah. of the world, really, because yeah. there's so much uninhabitable land that we have. Um. Yeah uh here uh, available to us uh, and if we can work with our indigenous people to decide on on how to make that happen uh, so that the land is respected and the our first people's are, uh, first people are respected because I think that's a huge part of this mm. um, let's not continue to innovate, leaving yeah. our indigenous people out of the equation yeah. um, and uh and and I just I hadn't been abundantly clear on that fact and I hadn't quite understood how we would have an export economy with mm. excess energy once we started to harness all the potential energy that's there. Um, yeah. And then once I started to understand hydrogen uh, yeah, and yes. and how much easier that is to export, mm. um, then things really became a lot clearer um, uh, and linking into the economy um, and the clarity around it is the jobs. Mm. You know, the, the farce that we are told that we need coal for jobs still in 2019 mm. when we are literally experiencing one of the greatest skills shortages, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> renewables technicians. Noticed. yeah. yeah where's that news story where is it i mean you know we we find out about adani's driverless trucks for gosh sakes
1: (laughs) like what yes right there's lots of truck drivers who yeah
0: Yeah. so really for me that was because of course i was across the health stuff i was across the rising humidity levels Mm. which have fungi implications tick implications dengue fever i knew about all that stuff yeah um, but the economic stuff, because I'm not a, an economist by um, by training, and um, financial kind of understanding is is often the last thing I come to understand. I'm one of those. I'm I'm, uh, I'm I've always been a bit more of a um, creative uh, in in the musical sense and other kind of thinking sense in in other ways. And and so for me, I was really excited to feel proficient in my understanding in that space. To
1: put put figures around that for people, I think that the the drop-in costs... For uh, and it, obviously it differs for, for solar and 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 uh and and wind, and it differs depending on what scale you're installing. But it's it's over a 75%, I believe, drop in costs over the last sort of 10 or 15 years that has happened.
0: So, yeah, um, And so think really about like, what um, that looks like over the next 10 15 years, then.
1: Yeah, so so the curve keeps going, it doesn't keep going to the same extent. The battery yeah. curve expected is, um, other than a shortage of minerals, the batteries are expected to follow um a, a similar curve um, to, to some extent but not quite because it, we, we do have a reliance on um, on minerals that that you know there potentially can be um, a shortage of but um that the cost drop has been massive and what that means today is that when you look at what's called the levelized cost of energy which is the i guess the you know if we added up all the costs that it takes to run a coal plant versus all the costs to to install and you know run a new solids new versus new um in many um in many regions of the world, it is cheaper now significantly without any subsidies to install wind farm. That is your cheapest form of new energy. Now, nuclear is one that people bring up a lot. Um, I've had a lot of people kind of say, why not nuclear? Um, and, and even before you get to kind of, you know, what do we do with it, um, nuclear takes an incredibly long time to build, whereas a solar farm can be up, a massive solar farm can be up and running in six months mm. um, versus, you know.
0: Or uh, as, and, um, as uh Ah, oh, Tesla man! Oh, gosh, why can't I think of his name? Elon, right Musk. Now? Elon oh, for Musk. goodness' <laughs> sakes, Elon Musk um, proved that he could do it in fifty-three days once yeah. he had the permits. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. Mm. That's right. It's, you know, it's, I mean, it's. I, I don't. I do not mean to 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 diminish the job, but it is. You know, it, it's it's plug and play type stuff, right? It's. Mm. it's you know, it is very quick and it's it's a very safe, you know, relatively safe thing, um, you know, to put together compared to something like nuclear. And, you know, with nuclear, what's happened recently is we have not just the scale of time it takes to build, but because of um, the, 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 the issues that we've had over the last 10 years in terms of safety, the cost of a nuclear plant has doubled or tripled to accommodate the necessary cost precautions, sorry, mm-hmm. the safety precautions. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I do have a lot of people sort of saying, well, isn't nuclear still? the best option, people just don't like it. And the answer is um from a from a financial perspective, absolutely not. Um, and some of that is the raw cost of building it and some of that is the safety precautions that we now need to put in in place as, as a result of the regulations that have gone in, um, you know, sort of as, as issues have occurred. But um you know financially um in, in many, many regions of Australia even, um wind is by far the cheapest thing that we can do, followed by solar. now as I said, you've got to fill that gap. When the sun, when the wind's not blowing, and the sun's not shining, and that—that's what we've now all got to, got to work on. Um, but even when you start to add batteries or, or um, you know, or other means of, of filling that kind of peak time, um, it is you know, it is it is basically, or you know, it's, it's getting in line um, with with the cost, and it's, it's definitely cheaper than than trying to fix um, you know a lot of the ailing coal stations. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's um. It is, it is it is incredible to see um, how quickly it has changed and how quickly it, it will um, continue to change, um, you know, and, and kind of continue to go down the cost curve um, to some extent. I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, should I just wait till next year and next year to buy and next year to buy? And when it comes to solar, no. Um, when it comes to batteries, you know, people can um, have a benefit by, you know, potentially waiting um, for, for for batteries, but again, they're, they're not expected to quite follow the same cost reduction that we've seen um, in some of the other technologies um, yeah. over time, and that's because everyone's fighting over um, you know minerals. Yeah. <laughs> the joys of the joys of that. Um, but um, no, it sounds it sounds really interesting. The uh, I can't wait to. Uh, I'm sure you'll do a a, a write up.
0: Yeah, I will. I'm gonna do I think I might do a webinar. So I might cause we get taught in the climate reality training how to do a you know, Al does his two two and a half hour six hundred and eighty slide wow. big kahuna presentation. Yay. Um, And then he's not just a flash-in-the-pan celeb on this three-day training. He then facilitates all the panels and speaks at the cocktail party and, you know, he's there the whole time um, literally using his last breath um, before jet lag kicks in to advance um, the cause. He's uh, really quite an amazing man. Um, and, uh, And... and then we get taught the 10-minute version, uh, and which he did as well. So to show, you know, you don't have to do this huge thing like me and be all impressed because I've been the guy doing this for like the last 15 years. Yeah. You can do a, a quick version and you can personalise yeah. it to your region so people feel more connected to the information. So I think what I'm going to do is this as a webinar Yeah. Um, and I'm actually going to build the presentation because we get given all the slides and make it my own and um, and share that way. I think that's going to be, you know, once I come out my little moment of clarity at the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll see the webinar invite, I promise.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's brilliant. And look, it is, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest things that I've seen is, um, you know, climate has gone from being that, that grainy thing and i admit what what i found really interesting was even 10 years ago when i was in my career in australia it was the grainy thing in europe it was the financial thing which was really mm-hmm. interesting i never once had to actually talk about climate change or anything else when people knew that it was the only way the energy would happen in the future um and that was 10 years ago which is really interesting um you know just to think about that a lot of people are like oh well, is it He's a, you know, he's, I mean, is you know, climate change real and all these other debates? I'm like, I don't even need to have that debate for you because that's, it's, it's the right financial decision. So why would we do anything else? I don't mm-hmm. care, you know, you can have whatever stance you want to have on anything else, but why would you look to any other option? Um, when there's only one, one smart option now, smart for a whole lot of reasons that, you know, some people don't want to admit to is, is smart and that, that's, you know, when it comes to um, any kind of climate change denial. But, you know, just purely, purely financial, um, it's, it's the, it is the only way that um, the future is headed and it's, it's a really exciting energy future. Um, that we, we have ahead of us as, as to what's available and, and how different um, it is. What I'm really looking forward to, which I haven't heard many people talk about, which is actually desalination of water. Mm. Um, so um, desalination of water, one of the limiting factors is energy. And the cost of the energy use to usage to desalinate and purify water, um, and so I've always had in the back of my head this idea that you know, as energy becomes a much cheaper source, what does that um, what does that enable in terms of of, of um, solving some of the water crisis issues as well?
0: Wow, that's huge! Yeah. Yeah, I love how we finished our podcast, Anne, and how we somehow miraculously have moved on to a whole new chat. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to stop us there for this show. Yep, yep. Anne Foster, I love your brain. I just love chatting to you. You always find a way to make this as big a picture as I like to go for Mm -hmm. us to all realise that this is not just about you know, those of us who want a beautiful planet to hand over to our kids, picketing yeah. and rally, this is about financial potential for business. I mean, everyone wins in this mm. transition if we do it justly
1: yeah. uh, for
0: those who are still in the old economy. And uh, and it's it's a really exciting time. So thank you so much for coming yeah. and sharing Uh everything you know and can help people know so that they feel like they can move forward it's always such a pleasure to have a chat yeah thank you
1: thank you for chatting and good luck to everyone as they kind of Start to start to do these things and feel really positive about knowing that the impact that they're having when when they're doing them. And I can't wait
0: to uh, I can't wait to to see the Al Gore webinar.
1: Yay! You do it. You got (laughs) to let me know what you do it. I want to see.
0: I will. I promise. And now that I've promised you, I've promised all of my (laughs) friends out there too. Thanks for that. (laughs) No, it's good. Accountability (laughs) is important. I'll speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoy having these conversations and bringing them to you. Now, where can you find me and Lotox Life from here on in? Well, you've obviously got lotoxlife.com. And there we have everything beautifully organized into food, home, body, and mind topics, as well as kids, and a whole bunch of free downloadables and resources to help you inspire you to take community action. And there's amazing A to Z recipes there if you're ever getting a little bit stale in the kitchen and a whole bunch of articles that I've written. You can also find me on Instagram at Lotox Life and also on Facebook by a page the same name. I make everything super easy, Lotox Life. So so you can find it really really simply thank you so much to everybody who leaves a five-star review over on stitcher or itunes or wherever it is that you tune into the show and also to let you know that you can join us on patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash low life and come join the private low Tox life club in there over time more and more cool stuff is about to be added it's a place where we can continue the conversations chat about the weekly show You're going to get bonus Q&A and all sorts of things over time. I explain everything over on Patreon, so I encourage you to check that out. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week.